When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Today we have someone that I have known far too long than I think anybody wants to admit because it just ages, it just ages all of us. Jim Belushi, how are you? Well, good morning. I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm sitting here in Oregon, making a cup of coffee, looking at the river and looking at you. Life isn't so bad looking at the river. Not so bad. It's really pretty. So your new show, Growing Belushi, it is on Discovery. It's on now. We can right all now. watch it right, right now, now. As, as we speak. As and we you, speak. The reruns are running right now as we literally, speak. Literally. Literally as we speak. But I was, I was thinking about it, and um, somehow you have become beyond a multi-hyphenate. Actor, comedian, musician, author, multiple business owner, Father and now cannabis farmer. Please tell me I left something out. Well, father uh, is still out to judge, you know, of a father to few children. I don't know how much they like me lately, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cannabis farmer. What else do I do? Fish, but I'm not a professional. Right. That I can't put in the multi hyphenate. I mean, you're way beyond, uh, was it, what it used to be, model turned actress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I certainly hope so at this point. Well, um, I thought, yeah, it, it, it's just trying to keep busy, baby. You know, keep the, uh, the thoughts of uh, the past and insecurity. And, you know, you just want to keep yourself in purpose and keep yourself moving, right? Yeah. Is that what started you wanting to become a marijuana farmer? No, that was all by accident. And did you start with like grow lights in your closet as a teenager? No, 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 no. I I was like an acting nerd. You know, I was so obsessed with like doing all that kind of stuff when I was in high school and stuff. Although I was a bit of a, you know, I was was in high school and early well, I don't even want to tell you, but, uh, you know, 68 to 72, that was a bombing time, you know? Yeah. Groovy time. I mean, uh, so I was, you know, messing with cannabis then, but once I got to college, I kind of didn't do a lot because I was just so focused in on the acting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean a little bit, but but was I was that, not, I was not the party guy at the, at college. I was like working on sets, building sets. I, I was uh, the technical director's assistant at the junior college. So I was building sets, setting lights, running lights for shows. I wasn't in, I was in a speech team and every weekend we went to, uh, you know, other schools and competed, you know, an oral interpretation, dramatic readings, you know, uh, 
duet acting. So I didn't really have time to be drinking and getting stoned a lot. You know, I was working my ass off. Which, I didn't know that, that you that you have such a background in the technical side of things. Don't you think that makes you, I mean, I find it makes, knowing how to produce and how all that works has made me a better talent, and being a talent has made me better as a producer and on all the tech sides. I mean, I started, my first internship was, well, my second internship was working in the film vault at Entertainment Tonight. Right. Cool. Yeah. But don't you think that teaches you how to be better at everything else that you do in in the entertainment business? Well, yeah, it's show business. You know, you got to know both ends. It really does help. It really does help when you're doing something low budget. You know, I've done a few low budget movies, quite a few. And, you know, when we're running into time issues, you know, I know how to move. Uh, I help move tracks. I help set up the lights. I mean, you, it really helps because you're kind of like a team. It's a team getting the scene done at once, you know? Yeah, it, it helps. Yeah, it you, helps. You, say, you say low budget. I came up in cable, so let's not discuss <laughs> low budget. <laughs> okay. um, I want to talk about your, your new show and, and your farming. What was the learning curve like? Oh, it's still going. It's what the learning curve is like. It's costly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's an expensive habit to to start a farm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there was five, six years ago, there was the the gold rush to cannabis, and I kind of got swept into it by accident. I mean, How? I bought, well, I bought this property on the river up in southern Oregon. Uh, little I know, this was the next to you know the Emerald Triangle. This is like the primary growing for grapes, pears, and cannabis because of 292 days of sun. The river water is like, it's like Arrowhead Fiji water. It's perfect pH for the plants between a 6.3 and a 6.7. The soil is, is uh, loomis. Uh, it's really great farming land. And uh, I didn't know that. And the farm next to me came up and I bought it. I thought, wow, now I got 90 acres on the river. And I didn't know what to do and with it. I didn't want to grow cattle. I mean, have cattle. Although I have cattle on the property now. <laughs> I didn't want to grow cattle. I think I know, I'm going to put that down as a great, great quote. Well, I say it because when I say grow cattle, I mean it because I have 50 beautiful cows out there pregnant. Oh, Jesus. And they are, between January and end of February, they are dropping these baby calves almost daily. And so, yeah, growing cattle is not that <laughs> far. These are, are the cutest. They're like puppies running through the farm, chasing each other. And mothers, those cows are really great moms, man. Uh, they're correcting <laughs> them and teaching them. I mean, it is a beautiful sight. Have you named them? No. No, I don't name them. Too many names. I name the plants. I got, I got too many names to remember. I can't even remember, you know, my children's name. I call them <laughs> the wrong name half the time, right? That's okay. Uh, my, mom used, yeah, my mom used to sometimes call me by the dog's name. So there you go on that one. That's what I mean. What has been the difference between knowing what 
you like to consume versus actually producing it? Well, you know, in, in cannabis, in cannabis is really a wide range of strains and combinations of THC, CBD, and terpenes. Those three elements uh, create a different effect. So you, when you're farming it, you try to create a variety, like a premium, a medium, a value, uh, you know, in order to maintain the business. But my, my, my desire and what I would like to grow and what I grow are different. My desire is to grow. I have this thing called cherry pie, this strain. is 19% THC, 3% terpenes. terpenes. That'll knock you on your ass, right? No, no, no. That's why I like it. Ah, dude, because I was looking on the website. There's all sorts of descriptions, and my head started to spin. Yeah. Um, well, if you're going out there for the first time, please ask the bud tender to give you something with lower THC and higher terpenes. Because the terpenes are the smell and the flavor. But they also have an entourage effect in combination with the THC that, that it just chills you opposed to making you on the back end of some of those high THC strains. You can get a little paranoid. Uh, the higher the THC, the more active the psychoactivity is. So you can get a little too wound up. So I like to lower THC with a combination of, of uh, terpenes. You sound because, like a sommelier. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> it, it, it really is. Yeah, it's a lot like growing wine. I mean, uh, growing... Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, growing yeah. cows. Growing cows, <laughs> growing wine. <laughs> Same idea. Same idea. I walked I, into that. Well, you did. I had to take it. I had to hit it. You had to, of course. <laughs> anyway, that one came... That one came right over the plate. Right. And by the way, I was talking about myself this time and have enough foresight to even hear you. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I hit it pretty good. Thanks for the yes. setup. Um, anyway, the, the, what costs a lot in dispensaries and flour is the higher THC. So THC is the element that whips your mind up. So to balance it, you need terpenes. And a lot of people don't understand what terpenes do. Like I have a strain, this cherry pie that is 3% terpene, 18, 19%. And they would consider that 19% a lower brand because they want to sell things that are 25 to 35% THC, which is too much, way too much. It's like putting, it's like, it's like having a wine with a, a 35% alcohol. No, you want wine at 13, 14%. And the rest of that bottle is terpenes, by the way, flavor and taste profile. So that combination is what you enjoy. You don't want to drink a high alcohol wine. So the, the misconception in our industry is the higher the THC, the better. And it's just not true. So anyway, this cherry pie, my, uh, 
I, 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 I use cannabis just as kind of like to chill out or to go to sleep. And so one time I was coming down my stairs and my wife at the time, she was, she said, are you hungry? I said, yeah. She goes, you want to go out? I go, sure. She goes, what do you have a taste for? I said, well, cheeseburger. She goes, oh, Jim, no, that's a little heavy for me. Anything else? I said, well, how about some sushi? I love that little place on Sotel. I got the little beers. Oh, oh, Jim, I had sushi with my mom last night. Anything else? And I went, what the hell are you asking me for? You know damn well <laughs> we're going where you want to go. We're going to eat what you want to eat. And she Let's just, just cut to the chase. And she just stared at me like, well, Jesus, somebody's hungry. <laughs> So the next night, I took one little hit off this cherry pie with the 19% and the 3%, right? One. I came downstairs, and she said, are you, yeah, you, a little trepidation slid down. <laughs> says, are you hungry? Or, yeah. You want to go out? Sure. Where do you want to go? And I said, baby, we can go to Taco Bell as long as you're sitting across from me. Oh, that goes, was slick. And she said, well, aren't you being charming? I go, am I? <laughs> and it was the cherry pie. There you go. And and I, call, I called it the marriage counselor. Because when you take a hit of this, your wife, your girlfriend, your lover, when they talk, they sound beautiful. <laughs> Sounds like a good parenting trick also. Yeah, um, uh, yeah right. Yeah, you, you've talked a lot and very openly about the medicinal benefits. Ah, uh, yes. And the importance of the, the not I don't want to say the positive side versus the negative side, because I, I, I'm very much on your page with this. How, we're almost behind, we're almost sadly just now catching up to how important and how valuable cannabis is I think people under have always underestimated the the importance of cannabis in its medicinal use, both physically and psychologically. And you've been a proponent of that, and you're you're, you're speaking out about that a lot in this moment, especially through your show. What brought you to this conclusion? I know that went a little deep and rambling. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean. Uh... Uh, look, the premise is really simple. You know, the, the well, the pathway to healing, the wellness of cannabis includes help with PTSD, seizures, um, back pain, Alzheimer's, dementia, hopelessness, sleeplessness, but it also you know, increases the taste of your food, the sound of music, the touch of your lover's hand, but also makes you feel good. It makes you, it, it, it releases a, a nice feeling. It, it lightens you. It moves you to the light, enlightenment. All of that is in the wellness of cannabis. It's all included. So if you want to go to a concert and take a hit and enjoy the music, makes you feel good. You should never feel bad about feeling good. Melissa, everybody knows somebody who's struggling. Yes. Okay. Everybody. 
I mean, whether it's an uncle who's dying of cancer, or a parent of, with Alzheimer's, uh, 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 someone in hospice, or your buddy who, you know, came back from Iraq who's suffering from being a medic and watching things that happen in the human body that nobody's ever seen, that suffering from PTSD or losing a job or getting divorced or, I mean, all these traumas that happen, losing somebody in your family, like I have, like you have, mm -hmm. that's trauma. People are, and especially during this pandemic, there's nothing but trauma running around. And people need to find a medicine to help themselves. And they do. They're either workaholics, they're exerciseaholics, they have eating disorders, they reach for pills, they reach for alcohol, they're running too much, they're... Everybody is trying to soothe the homeostasis, the balance of your body, the endocannabinoid system. Cannabis is a cannabinoid, and it reaches the endocannabinoid system and brings a sense of homeostasis. So all I'm just saying is if you're going to reach for a medicine to calm down, to be back in your body, I mean, yoga is the best. You know, I mean... All those kinds of healthy choices are really great. But cannabis is safe, in my opinion. Uh, it's, you know, it doesn't hurt your liver. Uh, I, I was a bouncer in Chicago, and I never broke up a fight between two potheads. Yeah, exactly. It's a peaceful, gentle, generous um, medicine. It doesn't hurt anybody. You can't OD from it. I mean, you can do too much and pass out. And there, you got to be responsible with cannabis also when you, you shouldn't drive, you know. But I, I, I really believe this is the way toward a healthier and a gentler kind of healing process. I don't know. I mean, alcohol, I have a drink once in a while, but... Come on, you know what alcohol has done to this country and mm -hmm. families. You know, mm -hmm. addiction, addiction is like a snake. You know, it comes into a house and it slowly wraps around somebody, squeezes until somebody dies, like in my family. Right. And, and that's a trauma. That exploded my family. There's families that have exploded all over the world. And we need relief. I'm saying go to the cannabis, take one hit. You know, I, I take like one hit at the end of the day if I feel too anxious or cherry pie. I don't take Advil anymore, aspirin. I don't take Ambien. I don't take Xanax. Uh, I, I, I don't really drink anymore. Uh, but from time to time, when I need a little medicine, I take a little bit of cannabis, even though I'm a farmer, I'm not a stoner. I'm just like, this is really, Hey man, this is all right. And I'm gentler as a person, as a man. Don't you, it sounds a lot like this really has become a purpose for you. It's a purpose. It has, you know, you know, you and I are in the industry of entertaining people, right? 
And what what is the result of entertaining people? We make you give them feel part of good. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You make them feel good. Right. You know, I mean, when I was at Second City or Saturday Night Live, whatever it was, uh, you know, a couple sits down and watches and they laugh for a while. At the end of the show, they they probably like each other more because they feel good, right? So right. we we make people feel good. Yeah, my mother always said when you make someone laugh, you give them a little mini vacation. Yes. You give them a little medicine. Right. So I realized something a couple weeks ago that I'm still on purpose in cannabis. Mm -hmm. Because with cannabis, it makes people feel better. It does. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And then there's a whole new world out there about for severe depression you know, uh, you know, they're always working on this ketamine stuff. And no, 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 no. We're, they're, now they're talking about and a lot of research is being done about psychedelics, you know. Yeah, the, uh, the whole ketamine. Yeah, I've read a lot about that because I do so much work in the mental health space. Right. Well, they're, you know, they're moving into psychedelics. They're moving into microdosing mushrooms, you know, psilocybin, mm -hmm. which is something that I, you know, I don't really I'm watching and listening and reading about because there are people suffering out there. Suffering. Oh, well, very much so. I want to sort of pivot back to the show for a second. Yeah, the show. Uh, that, the I gotta, show. Yeah, we got, got all deep. The show. Okay, I want to know how you went in and pitched this. Because that's a that's a little bit of a strange pitch i mean did you oh, bring no, uh, no, did you no. bring stuff with you as yeah, proof of uh, concept yeah. no i i i shot stuff me and james Zor. i just you know hired a guy here who's fantastic tyler maddox and i said we should start shooting this you know and i just started shooting as we were growing and kind of you know and then we we had like a nine minute reel together and then i went uh i went to live nation I, we pitched it in a lot of places and they're all afraid of cannabis because yes. of federal runs. So nobody really had the, the balls. I went to live nation. One of the most brilliant men I know, Michael Rapino. Yeah. Michael Rapino. Yeah. Oh, he is just, he's a beautiful man. And I showed him the real and told him what I wanted to do. And in eight minutes, and the reel was five minutes. He said, well, what do you want? I said, I need a couple million to fill this out. And he shook my hand and gave me the money. That I mean, never happens in our business. No, well, because he had, he, he was clear. He's smart. He's very clear. He said, you know, and a lot of people don't know this, Jim, but a lot of my customers uh, use cannabis. Of course, concerts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and he believes in the medicine and the purpose and he sees the future very well. And he believed in me and I'll, I, I just, I, he's a beautiful man. So he gave me that money. We shot six episodes and we went out and pitched it and discovery was the only network that was willing to take the risk of putting a show about cannabis on. That wasn't a, a goofy, you know, stoner show comedy. It was like a real show. And so Discovery did it. And this is our second season. And last Wednesday was our debut for the second season. And it's 
I'm talking so fast because I'm so excited because it did so well on the list. I'm so happy. And this week, I got Danny Aykroyd on the episode, and Guy Fieri comes to the farm, and we cook. Uh, I was going to say, that's a meal. Yeah. We cook infused Blues Brothers ice cream and (laughs) and some other stuff. You're extremely unfiltered. You always have been. Um, has, has, and I ask everyone who's, who's in sort of the comedic space about this, are you finding you're having to self edit? I'm going to self edit right now on that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Due to all the, the, the clapbacks and the woke and the canceling. I think it brought another level of consciousness and it's made me be more responsible in the things I say. And be more careful about, you know, sometimes you cross boundaries and hurt people's feelings that you don't even know you're doing. Um, so I'm a little more, I'm, I'm much more aware of uh, how I speak to everybody. So editing, I don't know, more, uh, m- more mindfulness of like, hey, you know, it's, it's, it moves into the same thing of this cannabis. It's, it's be gentler, kinder. There's so many haters out there. There's so many mean people out there. I like to move the world into a kinder place. You know, there's a difference between being nice and kind. Nice is like nice. It's like thin. It's sometimes it's agenda orientated or you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or you want to look good, so you're nice. You want people are judging you, so you're nice. But kindness is compassionate, uh, empathetic, kind, without an agenda. And I think all this has moved me into a kinder place. Speaking of kinder places, um, just the other day you said, it's not the devil's lettuce. It's God's kale. Have you gotten hate mail from lettuce farmers yet? Oh, that's uh, that, that that line. Uh, that line is, is kind of a that line is kind of a common the common line. I don't even think it was mine. Uh, lettuce farmers are they up in arms? Oh yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I'm pro farmer because now I know I'm you know. That's the difference between me and other people in this space. I'm a grower and I'm, I'm in the ground with this. So I'm not just licensing it. So I, I understand the, the, the pains that farmers go through. Uh, so I, I, I take nothing away from farmers. They work very hard and their families work hard. Um. I was going to say, you have so many other aspects of your life, your, your music. Are you going to get back out on the road anytime soon? I know that your daughter's been starting up in the music industry. Are we seeing a, a Belushi dynasty coming <laughs> in the entertainment business? You know, well, the bridges, the, the, well, I, <laughs> the Douglases, the rivers. Yeah. Are we seeing the Belushi dynasty beginning? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I try to convince all of them, you know, that this is the toughest business in the mm-hmm. world to get the hell out. So that's what my parents said, too. 
I, my daughter called one time when she was at NYU, Jamie, you know, she was in uh, Stella Adler there at Tisch, NYU. And she had a performance that she called before the performance, you know. And she was just crazy nervous on the phone with me, right? And she was mm-hmm. just going on in loops. You know how you get, right? And I went, baby, I told you. I told you this was a hard profession. I said, and you know what? I've been in the business 40 years, and it never gets easier. Nope. And it's endless rejection. Endless. I said, you could do really well as a waitress, bartender. <laughs> you could go into the fashion industry. You could go into PR. You sure you want to continue with this cruciating struggle before performances? You know? She got through it. She's fine. She's very talented. She's in the show, actually. Yes, yes. Jared and Jamie are in the show. It's kind of like a mini little succession storyline. Right? <laughs> really small, but they're very cute and very funny in the show. Um, I remember, you probably don't, your cigar store. And interviewing that you there back in the day in Santa Monica. I can see you're still smoking the cigars. Are you still in that business? I am not in that business. Uh, I, I I got whipped in that business. Uh, but you were whole- even a cover. You were even a cover boy for Cigar Aficionado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on, I've been in Cigar Aficionado a few times. Blue for Blues Brothers for the Defenders. Um, yeah, but there is Lone Wolf still goes on. Uh, there's a beautiful store on, uh, I think it's Santa Monica or Wilshire, a great cigar selection. I was there the other day picking up cigars. So they've continued the name of Lone Wolf. But no, I got I got beat. I'm not a very good businessman. That's obvious because I'm in this cannabis business. And la- well, last year, Melissa, I did really great. I broke even. Congratulations. That's Thank huge. You. Huge. Huge. <laughs> I keep spending money. My cousin Chris goes, it's tuition. We're paying tuition. I went, <laughs> I said, when do I get out of graduate school and get the Never. job? Never. Never. Tuition, constantly paying tuition. So one last question, actually two, before I let you go. Uh, have you left L.A.? basically forever and move to Oregon? Are you just, is that your happy place? Um, I'm very fortunate because, you know, I've had a very lovely career that I'm grateful for. And so I've been able to afford a, you know, a few places. So uh, I, I sold my big house in LA, my big TV star house. And I still have my little humble house that I bought in 1987 when I first came to L.A. After my first movie where I made money, I bought a house um, in Brentwood. So I've been renting that all these years, and I'm going back to it in February. I'm so excited to go back to my roots there. And also, I, but I am a resident here in, in Oregon. I love it here. Um, W.C. Field said, never work with children or animals you have done both <laughs> which which was worse well 
they steal the scene, I think is his point. But the reason they steal the scene is because they are so present. Yes. They are in the moment. So when you work with like in Curly Sue or according to Jim with the children or the dog. I was going to say canine. Canine. I mean, you have to be so in the moment, but I'm an improvisational trained actor. Right. So so when I'm working with a dog or working with children and they do a, a move that's not in the script, I know exactly where to go and how to make that scene work and improvise around it. So for me, working with children and dogs uh, puts me in a higher focus and presence. So it's like, I love improvising. So, by the way, Growing Belushi is all improvised. Yes, yes. There's nothing written in this show. No. So I and you have ama- and you have amazing characters around you. My cousin Chris is so funny in this show. Never acted before. It's like working with a dog. He's like, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know. And I got to follow him and follow him. I mean, if you watch really carefully, you'll see my hand sometimes touch his back, put my hand on his shoulder. I'm moving him, A, out of my camera shot, B, <laughs> into a two shot, or separating him for a single, you know. I move him around like a dancer on a dance floor, you know. But he is so funny. Maybe Dancing with the Stars is next. Um, are we going to see you acting anymore? Well, I, I just finished a movie with Marcia Gay Harden called Evolution. Oh, she's the best. Yes. I just passed on a movie yesterday. Uh, I am shooting this series, which is a form of acting. I'm producing it. And so I'm still, yeah, I still consider myself full-blown actor. It's not... You don't have to put the things that you love in conflict with each other. You can work with them all. It's like, I don't just do comedy. I don't just do Broadway. I don't just do, you know, uh, drama. I, I, I don't just do a reality show. I don't just do farming. I, I can figure out a way to do them all because I do everything that I love. Everything creates magic. Well, next I'm we're going to have to get... We're going to have to get you on QVC. Everybody needs to watch Growing Belushi on Discovery. Jim, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure to see you again, my dear. Continued success. 